0: With the first pick overall, the New Jersey Devils are brought to select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes. Let's go, Plays oh it across, but Support for the Jersey Joe Corner podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls that's just nasty manscaped also has the cropped preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer You already put the deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code B-I-G-H-E-A-D-S, all caps, at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use BIGHEADS, capital B-I-G-H-E-A-D-S hey good evening good evening welcome back everyone today is the first day ever that this podcast gets sponsored by a new company called Manscaped.
1: yeah great to have them on board the segment's going to be brought to you by Manscaped. we're going to you know kick right things into it uh Trim things up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yo, good products, by the way. I actually have some at my house. To be oh honest. Oh my god! I so can't good. wait
0: to get some uh, product on its way.
1: Yeah, Manscaped. Uh, yeah, back for another edition of the Jersey Joe Podcast uh, with Jersey Jim and Jersey Joe. So Devils road trip three and two, not bad hey. for a team. Not bad after starting two and zero. Oh, Salvage a road trip. That's not bad. Yeah, I honestly got to say this. Uh,
0: I've really thought, you know, things went sour in the middle of it. Like Edmonton and Calgary was like, you know, it was really like hard to watch versus, versus uh, Calgary because, you know, you left Blackwood out there to dry. I mean – the Devils' defense after Sammy Bodden got injured. Uh, it was it was just hard. It was hard to watch that game.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, they played. I thought they played well in the first period against Calgary. Edmonton. It was just another shutout. I mean, there wasn't much they could do. McDavid and Saddle. Did everything they could to make sure the Devils were going to lose that game. I mean, again, it's second period. You go; it's the second period for the Devils. Again, cost them against the Flames and against the Oilers. Um, but they played well against uh, Vancouver on Sunday afternoon. Two nothing. Two quick goals on Markstrom, who was dealing with some stuff. We find out after the game, his father passed away from cancer. So
0: uh, no, that's condole- never
1: good. Condolences to the Markstrom family. Sorry to and, the Marshrams. Yeah, um, but, you know, but then again, you know, Quinn Hughes scores another goal. So, in the second period for uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, and but the Devils hang on, play good defense. And, you know, some people, you know, yesterday uh, during the game, people were upset about the no goal. Um, to be honest, I think it was the right call um by the officials no goal because even though they say it was continuous motion Markstrom for a minute put his pe- pu- uh, hand on the puck and then it just and then he got moved so in the end it, it really didn't matter devil's won anyway Blackwood again steals a game honestly
0: Blackwood has been nothing but a rebounder uh, as of late he's come back from these games where you know early in the season, that we've been watching, you know, they usually get shellacked, you know, but he's been – like, you and I talk off air that Blackwood has been very consistent in that to the point, you know, he is the number one starter on this team going forward.
1: Yeah, he is the number one starter. I mean, you could clearly see it, that he keeps them in games. He steals them games when they should be losing – I mean the two Vancouver games this season alone he's won by himself the game against Carolina the start to start the road trip Ims oh he won by himself and he actually kept the devils in the game against Calgary until you know the defense just you know didn't play like it always does you you know like I was listening
0: to the game versus Vancouver it sounded like it was very loose uh, defensively, I was at work, but I was coming back home. I was listening to Matt Laughlin on the radio, and he goes, "Matt Tennyson helps save a goal." And I'm thinking, "Oh, geez,
1: this is like you know, like
0: they- ping pong balls going going back and forth."
1: Yeah, I mean, defensively, they definitely still need to clean up a lot of things, but they played as a team, and I thought that yesterday was Taylor Hall's best game as a Devil this season, even though he had chances against Edmonton. I really he was really engaged yesterday against the Canucks. Uh whole team was cuz they had two bad losses and when you get at when you lead the league uh as a team that's been shut out three times this season, that's never a good thing, but they rebounded really nicely against the Canucks. But again, they have the lead. They're like trying to protect it and Vancouver just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming and Blackwood again saves the day.
0: And honestly in we looked at the game against Winnipeg. We did mention in the last podcast that, you know, you can't take Winnipeg lightly and it's going to be a tough building, but guess who the two guys that came in to score in the shootout? Were the two guys that were both sat out in recent games in uh, Nikita Gusev and the guy who won it was Jesper Bokvist. I, I mean, how about that for a turn of events, people?
1: I mean, look, Gusev and uh, Boquist played really well in that game. Had ch- Boquist had chances to get his first NHL goal in that game against Winnipeg, I thought they played really well in Winnipeg. You know, and they did get that goalies, win in Winnipeg. But both goalies played superb in Winnipeg. Helenback was unreal. Black was stood on his head. I mean, in a shootout, you don't know what's going to happen. at The one. The great thing about Gusev was he shot the puck right away. And then it went in. And then the one for good, the Boquist goal, it went off the post and off Holland back and in. And then Blackwood shut it down. Only need two shooters. Here's
0: something interesting. As of today, Jesper Bratt has a 30.8 shot percentage in 13 games. And Sammy Vaden has 18.2. Kyle Palmieri has 15. Gusev has 14.8. Severson 14.3, Hughes with 12.5, and uh, you have Coleman with 9.7, Zacha with 9.1% shot percentage. And if you take Zacha, Butcher, uh, you have Zajac in common, they have tied
1: with 9.1% shot percentage on the team, and Nico's at 8%. Yeah, and don't forget, Nico missed time with the injury. So, and he, you know, when he came back from the injury, he wasn't playing in situation. Again, it's all situations that they're playing in. But I definitely see. I saw them shooting a puck. I mean, I believe Taylor Hall led the team against the Canucks with eight or nine shots by himself.
0: As of now, actually, uh, I know this doesn't quite speak overall uh, from that game itself. But Hall in 16 games has a shot percentage of 3.4 percent. So. He's not acting like his typical sniper self shooting for goals.
1: Yeah, and you know, with Hall, it's crazy because, like, we'll get into it a little bit later. Later in the show to juice yeah, it up. Yeah, juice it up. But there's something about when a player goes into his free agent year, he either can perform really, really well or he can perform not so good. And again, I made the comparison last time, and I'll say it again, and people are not you know, on the fence. But if you look at what Austin Matthews is doing with the Leafs, yes, his numbers are great. Yes, if you just look at numbers alone, yeah, he's doing good. If you look at Taylor Hall, and he's like, oh, yeah, he leaves the Devils in points again. What else is new? Oh, he had a seven-game point streak. But if you look at the games and watch the games like we have, he hasn't played that good. Except against Vancouver. That was his best game. I honestly
0: feel like he is not really interested in being part of this team near and long-term. And even when he hits July 1st, I really don't see him coming back to New Jersey. Even if he did, you know, stay after the February trade deadline, regardless of the standings, regardless of record. I just think overall, he's not interested in the culture. And it goes to show that, you know, he just wants to be on a on a win now team and the devils are building they're trying to build with they've been building with him for so many years with Ray Shiro and Hines. but only one time that team has made the playoffs together.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's the biggest thing when you talk to people. And Dave Panola of the fourth period has said it and Dennis Bernstein was talking about it on a hot stove. But their main point has been since the summer is he wants to go to a place where he feels he has the best chance to win every season. And if it's not with the Devils, it has to be someplace else, but we don't know where it is. And the process is going to take a long time. If you can move them, great. But it's tough to move guys that are on their final year of their contract in the trade deadline because you're not sure what you're gonna able to get from them. I mean look at the Ottawa Senators last year with Mark Stone. It, unless you have a contract in place with the team he's being traded to, how much of it, how much your team's willing to trade for a rental that may or may not stay?
0: It's it's very, very risky when you're dealing with a rental, period. Um, I'm honestly if I was a GM right now, if I was let's say Colorado or St. Louis Uh, I would have to, A, give up a lot in return, but at the same time, you know, I can't burn all my draft picks because how am I supposed to restock the cupboard? So you're looking at it from two perspectives. You're looking at it from the seller and the buyer, but it's not as easy as, you know, selling a stock or a bond on the open market.
1: Yeah, I mean, and like we've been talking about, all the time, when it comes to hall and free agency, it's a process, and like we've talked off air, and I've I've told this, it's not it's not that easy. I mean, you got to find the teams that have the cap space, one to do it, and two, are they willing to trade certain assets to get them if they're not going to resign them? Now, I you know, you know, you look at Colorado, you look at St. Louis. Uh, Montreal's been thrown around. They're an interesting team because they have cap space to do it, and they, you know, they went to go sign Sebastian Ajo to the offer sheet last year. They might have some pieces there that you're gonna want to get. But another theory, which I'm working on, and I, I, I took this from Dennis Bernstein and Dave Panetta from over the weekend on Hot Stove when they brought this up, and it's that. Instead of allocating the money towards Taylor Hall, where you may or may not have to pay – where you may have to pay him over $11 million, maybe close to $12 million to just to get him to stay. Instead, re- reallocating that money towards building the blue line and getting a goaltender and build from the back end as the Devils have with their winning teams in the past.
0: I think when you look at that $6 million plus, well, you can use that towards – Anything possible, whether you're talking about giving a, a restricted free agent on your team the money to uh, go for the next season forward, and or move a guy uh, before the deadline, etc. When you build up that current cap space, uh, you can free up a lot of money and do as much as you can with, let's say, uh, ten million dollars at least. American, you can do you can do a lot more with that. You can sign a guy, you know, to another six million. You can
1: use just about anything. Yeah, and the thing is, like if we talk about six million now, that's what his cap is is now. So if he's getting traded, he's getting traded to a team that could take on a six million going forward. It's gonna it's gonna be more when they resign him. So that team also has to ensure that. Oh, hey, if I do get him. Now, can I sign him to that mo- long term money? So, say for instance, the Devils are going to pay 11 million hypothetically for Hall at July 1st. Well, Britt, you talk about, yeah, you talk about
0: um, July 1st. You know, Darren Ferris basically told Elliot Freeman, Elliot Freeman is like the, cent- the center of this universe. And he said basically, in just plain English, that he's going to basically pull a Mitch Marner. Because Marner took so long, almost until the middle of uh, training camp, like when we first started doing this. And, you know, that really drove me nuts, even though that's from a Canadian market in Toronto. But because we have social media, we get this feed from the Canadian side. Boy, oh boy, I'm not in for this extra
1: roller coaster. I mean, look, you know, even from the beginning, I've been saying this is going to take a a long process. And... When when the when at the end of train at the end of the season last year when Hall called out the general manager, uh he said we needed to get better, we needed more pieces. They got the pieces in place and an extension wasn't done, you knew this was gonna be a long process. When the pieces were put in place it'd be like, All right, here's the here's our deck of cards, here's who we got, this is what we did, and Hall said, hmm. Not really. And then he comes out and talks about it again, having the same, you know, going into last season when he was on Edmonton Radio saying, oh, you know, going into last season and you have the same pieces in place and you really didn't make any changes. You know, it's hard to get excited. I'm like, it's a a process. And it's a long, drawn-out process. It's his right to do it. Unfortunately, in the end, it hurts the Devils fans because they don't they don't like it. They and a lot of them don't understand the side of the business. They're just like, oh, well, this guy doesn't want to stay. Well, you know, in fairness to him, he has that right to do whatever he wants because he's a free agent. But it's just his attitude, what he says. Like I posted the other day when I reposted my part, my article from August about did the Devils do enough? It's the undertones. It's what. He says what he's not saying, what he says in his voice. You can hear that he do- clearly doesn't want to be in New Jersey, even though he likes John Lines. Yes.
0: You know what? It's like this, I don't know. You, you've you been on the team since 2016, 2017, as in Taylor Hall, I'm talking about. I'm calling him out right now. Since, like, what, 2016, 2017? You know, it's been such a long relationship that – you Know Ray Shiro has been building it, building it, reinvesting, and then made the playoffs. But then he had that one bad, you know, injury year that really hurt us going forward. And you know what? If you called out Ray Shiro like you did in the offseason and you're not committed now after several moves, I mean, this is this is lo- this is lunacy. I mean. This is going to be a bre- a bad breakup. I mean, this is even worse than Matt Duchene uh, getting traded uh, from Colorado to Ottawa.
1: But so, but at least with Duchesne, he made his intentions known that he didn't want to be in Colorado anymore.
0: Absolutely, but I think deep inside the locker room, there's a there's a mindset that Hall has these over. Determined uh, ideals that he just wants to really like make it around himself and not really about the team. At least in, when the team in 2017, 2018, they were playing for each other.
1: Yeah, well, it was the NJ, well, they were not given any credit to begin the year. NJ Devils versus everybody. You know, it's, it, where's that mindset? Because clearly it's not, I mean, clearly it's not there. I mean, they want to play for everybody. Great. But you're in an environment where, you know look, like, like you say, call out the general manager, say you need to be better. Okay, we had Subban, Gusev, got Hughes. And, and, and the general manager calls you to get approval for the Subban train. and you still don't want to sign an extension. That was the biggest mistake that Ray Shiro had going into this season. Not that I say I'm, not everything he does. Is you know I like what he's done, but the big mistake was not having a a, an extension in place when they hit this the beginning of this season. Because I understand he was coming off an injury. I understand you both parties want to see what what they should do. I get it, but he did exactly what Taylor Hall asked him to do, and it still wasn't good enough.
0: I also believe that after what Mitch Marner did, I believe it gave taylor hall a lot of leverage in you know wanting to make more money off of ray shiro even though marner was an rfa but you could see that because they have the same agent they were trying to use the same leverage and waiting and waiting and waiting until someone calls you out for it and you know what i mean we had enough of this hokey pokey uh bs i mean to think about it it's like a a turkey it's so stuffed up to the point, when are you going to throw in the oven? And when it's done in the oven, when are you going to pull it out at the right time? I mean, when are we going to get served?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, but again, as the boys on the hot stove mentioned on XM, what's it going to take to sign him? If it's about money, the Devils are going to have to pay him $12 million to do it because I don't think nine to, between 9 and 11 cuts it. I
0: uh, honestly, if if this keeps up as an attitude problem with Taylor Hall in the locker room and calling out the fans for the team underperforming and him not performing to his standards, you know what? I, I just don't see him staying.
1: I I hope I'm wrong, but I, from I, I don't from, th- I don't think from he From a stays. performance
0: standpoint, this is not very Hall-like.
1: I, I to be honest, I don't think he stays. I don't think he wants to go through what he went through in Edmonton. I really don't.
0: Well, New Jersey's not Edmonton. Edmonton is Edmonton. And Edmonton is different now with a different GM. New Jersey is always going to be New Jersey. We're going to find a way without him because we can't have a head case that holds us back, doesn't, doesn't promote growth. And we need players that want to be here to stay here.
1: I agree. They need, they want to, they're going to have to want to play here. They're going to have to want to be here. They're gonna to want to have to perform here, and look. Yeah, everybody's the That old man adage: "It's New Jersey," and if you could go back and you look at it, the Devils really never had a true, you know, superstar offensively when they were winning. Their defense was their super; had superstars. Their goalie was a superstar, but they were able to find and manufacture offense because they drafted and developed well. At least when
0: they got Stefan Richet back in the past, they were able to use a guy of his snipe ability to produce in the playoffs and in the regular season and help us win a cup. And you know what? You know, I would rather have a guy like Jasper Bolkvist get more ice time and more time and exposure in the NHL level rather than sit in a press box and let him become a top six forward. And take away that bad taste from uh, Hall that he's given us Devils fans and, you know, Devils universe. I mean, I'd rather give it to someone else at this point.
1: If you're going to ride the kids, then ride the kids and play them all and play the young team and, and develop and make them work together. I, I like what I saw, you know, Hughes and, and Hall were playing well together. You know, that – it's – Interesting when Zaka is on the wing with Shear and when he played with Brat and Gusev, I really liked what those guys were doing. I but, do, I but,
0: do like the the Hughes and the Gusev line, though. I, I do like that, though, along with Paul Mary.
1: I do like it too, but the thing is, it's like it, it's like an attitude or a, a culture. You you want to build winning, that's great, but. You need to also have a mindset that you're gonna have a be a winner, and if there's just too much losing going on and too much having you know too much being down on themselves, and I think if they can establish a culture of winning throughout the year, maybe it convinces them to stay. But I'm not holding my breath because I think these two are headed towards a split.
0: I believe it is. I mean, we're going to Splitsville, kind of like in uh, that movie. Uh, how I Met Your Mother, where the two uh, go to the Splitsville ice cream shop and they end up breaking up, having uh, banana splits. Yeah, that, it, that's what it makes me think of.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's just it's 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 headed down a, a path that you don't want. But that's like with any free agent, really. I mean, you look at Tavares, you look at uh, Stamkos. I mean, Stamkos stayed, but Tampa was on the verge of winning. Tavares wanted to go home, and he knew he, he look at it. Luna had a history of not signing guys to long term deals, but Tavares just wanted to go home, and he did his, and he, you know, did what he had to do with the island. It's a different situation, but Newark is Newark, New Jersey is New Jersey, and there's something about guys not wanting to play here that the Devils have to get away from.
0: I think it's the overall mentality. I believe in, you know, guys like Nikita Gusev, you know, coming from a totally different culture in the KHL, and those players, you know, they bond together. And even though Nikita Gusev knows very little English, but at least he and Jack Hughes have something in common. They they speak hockey, and they speak the hockey IQ, and they have the right senses when they're on the ice together. And there's some sort of bonding inside that locker room that allows them to communicate better. And I feel he connects better along with guys like Nico. So you, you have to take into account that um, I do believe Tommy Fitzgerald is observing a lot of this stuff that's behind the scenes with Hall. And I believe that Ray Shiro is going to get more intel from him. And I believe there will be a, a quicker decision versus – a very slow and deadly decision.
1: Yeah, um, and if the Devils can make a move to get assets for them, and then spend and allocate the money elsewhere to get goaltending, great. But again, it's going to be tough because who's going to trade for them? Are they just want to rent them just to get over a hump? If they get over a hump, and if they're going to want to trade for them, they're going to have to. They're going to try to have to work out something now. Because oh. because if you trade for him at the trade deadline, you don't have him for that extra 20 to 30 games that he needs to adjust to a new system.
0: That is one of the things. If you recall what I said on YouTube, I said, I'm, I'm saying it first. He is getting traded before the February trade deadline, probably sooner than that. So I think he's going to want to leave by Christmas time. Even if the Devils do make the playoffs, I mean, or barely just get in, I'd rather get a good return on investment now and build away from him once he's gone. And if you can get it, you know, if you can move the puck out of your own zone, moving hall out, it'd be a lot better hall without him. Yeah. Regardless of the records.
1: Yeah. They need, they need help on the back end. Clearly. Um, the defense is just not cutting it, uh, you could see it. I mean, and the fact that Sammy Votnin was out of the lineup on Sunday and they still won, hey, kudos to them for stepping up in that situation when Sammy's out. But it's a tough blow for him, them because uh, he does so much. Penalty kill, power play, five-on-five, five, all situations. Skates he, up ice. Skates I mean, up. He's really – I mean, he's just, he's just a solid defenseman for them. And-
0: he, he, he's been such a great pickup since – Trading away Adam Henrique.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's a win-win for both teams on that trade. You can, there's nothing wrong with that. So you know, we'll see. Um, but they definitely when, need. They definitely need to upgrade the defense uh, aspect of this team.
0: When Connor Carrick does come back from IR, I do feel maybe some of the burden will be let up. But um, until I know Merko Mueller's 24, but you know, he's still the same. You know, kind of careless you know, player and you know, not being smart around, you know, his own goaltenders crease. It, it, that's, that bothers me there though. I'd rather have Colton white at this time, you know, get called up. And, you know, I know a lot of people are calling for Matt Tennyson right now, but it does look like, you know, maybe a move will be done before, you know, middle of the, the year. So I hope that is going to occur. Um, I did mention to you today, I just don't see St. Louis as a trade partner for the New Jersey Devils, for Taylor Hall.
1: Unless, unless St. Louis is giving you Petrangelo in return or a goalie in return, they don't have a cap space because they need to sign their captain, who's a free agent, by the way. And they've signed defenseman. and you wonder if he's st- sticking around.
0: And to put it even worse, I mean, you know, St. Louis does not have a sixth and seventh rounder. They have two fifth rounders, a fourth, third, second, and a first in this year's draft. And they don't have a second in the the next draft after that in 2021 and a seventh rounder in that same draft. So really uh, asset wise, if you're looking for collateral, uh, the St. Louis is not a really good, uh, reliable, uh, draft pick partner.
1: No, it's it's not. I mean, look, the the big, the big, the big name has been Colorado, obviously. Uh, Rocky but, Mountain High, Colorado. But again, like I said, the other the other team that I'm interested to see is if they make a play for him is Montreal, because they have some talent. That Ooh. the Devils could use. You know what? I'm interested in Jonathan uh, Drouin. As I'm not. I'm not talking about Drouin because I think I think he stays. But I'm thinking, looking at their prospects, and there was somebody drafted at 15 that I thought the Devils should have gone up and gone and gotten. Say his name, Cole Caulfield.
0: I would take Cole Caulfield in a heartbeat in that deal. You know who else would I? I would take would be Caden Primo. He's from Voorhees, New Jersey. He got a U eighteen, U twenty gold and silver medal, and he got a Hockey East uh, championship to his name. And he's a goaltender. So, what does that say about his his pedigree? We actually have a goaltender we can swap with them.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I would I would like Primo. I think he's a real deal, but I think you're going to need to bring in a proven guy to just have in there that has the experience of winning to lock it in because if we've only seen him in the preseason, he's, I mean, he's great. He's doing great where he is. But, again, it's preseason, so. Pre-season's like, preseason still. Exactly. I'd like to see him at full – National Hockey League level. Not to say I, he's going to be bad. But, no, no, no. But he's, I'm he's just 20. saying. But I'm just saying he's 20s and a, and he's a project. So you need you need to have that veteran presence there if you're going to make that transition.
0: The which means you know there needs to be like a Louis Domingue type player that's kind of like the backup. You know, just in case you know st- starter, forbid gets injured. You know, you don't
1: want to be short a goaltender. And you don't want to be short on death. Well, I'm interested to see if the Devils swap Louis Dominguez now that Toronto has uh, waived Michael Hutchinson.
0: Hodges is not that bad. I mean, he does take a better role than he did with Garrett Sparks.
1: But the but the thing was, it the, the thing is, the whole thing is with Toronto is it's not like his numbers were bad. The thing was the way he was where he was situated and when he was playing and the team in front of him didn't play that well. I mean, he had to get all the back to backs, the hard back to backs. Like he played against Chicago last night, played against Boston another time. I mean, you're not giving him a chance to win and they've ne- and they never gave him a chance to play with a healthy Maple Leafs team in front of him.
0: Well, Michael Hutchinson is only 29 years old yet he only has a cap hit of 700 grand. I mean, you know, Freddie Anderson is still the number one goaltender there. I mean, Lou Lamorello traded for him. But there's no way in heck that you get Freddie Anderson. But Michael Hutchinson, his numbers I'm looking at uh, right now, stats-wise, per-cap friendly, past few seasons. Right now, he's got a 4.44. But a .88, I mean, they left him out to dry in six games. Yeah. But when he, when he played – with the Leafs, you know, for five games in 2018-2019 last season, uh, 2.64 uh, goals allowed average, and he had a, a .914. I mean, he has the stuff. It's just he's being laid out to dry
1: with the defense. Yeah, I mean, the defense is – it's just they're not playing well up to standards, especially guys like Tyson Berry. Jake Muzzin has been their best uh, defenseman this year. Um, but you know, even with the revamped defense, you know, when Nazem Kadri got traded to Colorado for Tyson Barry, you know, Kadri made comments about how you know it was tough to leave Toronto, this and that, and it, you could see the same thing with Barry. Like it just it, he, you know, he's having a hard time to adjust because I don't know if he wanted to actually leave Colorado.
0: I honestly think he was better off in Colorado, and you know, Ray Shiro could have easily traded for him, but. At the same time, you know, when Jacob Truba was traded to the Rangers, you know, the Devils, they end up getting P.K. Subban. And I do like P.K. I just think, you know, with a new look and a new team, you know, it's and a culture change, you know,
1: it takes a lot to really, you know, get a lot of movement going forward. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see if the Devils, you know, it, who, their, who their trade partners are, um, who they're looking to trade with. Because, you know, the Kings are definitely in rebuild mode, so they're going to be looking to unload assets. So maybe you can maybe you can get a guy like Alec Martinez to come out to New Jersey. He's still got a year left on his contract and plays both sides.
0: And you know what? I would take Alec Martinez. I mean, not for the fact that he destroyed the Rangers with one shot on goal in in the uh, other Stanley Cup uh, final, but. He does have a good mobility, and he does, And for his age, he still moves very well, and he can shoot.
1: Yeah, somebody asked me about Tyler Toffoli the other day, too, and I said, well, you know, I like what Toffoli brings. I like his like his style, his game, but I'm like, well, who are we giving up? Because we do have talent at, at the offensive position. And, I mean, yeah, would he fit? I would like Toffoli, sure, but, eh. Do I see him coming here? No, I think he goes to another – more of a contending team, to be honest. There's going to be so much
0: movement this trade trade deadline. I mean, you know, I'm not waving a white flag or anything, but I want to get a lot back now because the Devils will be such buyers um, when it comes to getting better defensive players that will make them better – not just in the middle of the season, but later in the season, regardless if they make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and you want to you want to if they're if they're clearly, I mean, again, playoffs aren't a thing that we're looking at right now. But you know, you always looking forward. At, yeah, you want to build towards the playoffs. You want to be contender. But you also got to look at that twenty game mark when it's like, all right, where are they going to really be situated? And they're coming home. They got a pesky Ottawa team. Then you got Pittsburgh. No Crosby, but S- still, still deadly. Still deadly. Yet history over the last couple seasons is showing the Devils when they play Pittsburgh for some reason they win.
0: It feels like anytime you know they play against a Malkin or Crosby type lineup or all together. They they know what to expect. They know what to contain. They they have like a full scouting report. Like each individual player has like an idea of how to play and shut down each guy. It just feels like each team knows how to do that to each other.
1: Yeah. Um. And but the, and they've known the Penguins for so long and so well that you know even Malkin's back there. You got Jared McCann. You know they're making some some different. They're doing to do some different things, show you some different looks. But for some reason, the Devils always play well against the Penguins. I don't know it, what it is. They just do.
0: I think it's the play style, just like how the Devils play the
1: Canadians. And the
0: Canadians, you know, their size is similar to the Devils in some ways or another. Their, their format is pretty similar, but yet – you know, when I look at the Canadians, when they play away from the Devils and they play other teams, they play with speed, skill, finesse. The Devils have a speed, skill, but more power, though, because, you know, you have a guy like Wayne Simmons and you have a Miles Wood who can be a blend of speed and skill, yet the physicality comes out at the right times against those two teams.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the Canadians are another team the Devils are going to see uh, this week. It'll be next Saturday or this Saturday, this coming Saturday, in Montreal. It's going to be interesting who they see. I got a feeling we're going to see our old buddy Keith Kincaid in net for Montreal. I think uh,
0: Carey Price is tired of getting the hand against the Devils. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Kyle Palmieri wants, wants his guts after a few seasons ago when he got whacked. And you know what? The, it, those kind of moments really like make you think back when you're probably in you know your travel days saying, "I really want that guy again. I want I want to go up against him. I want to score."
1: Yeah, uh, you know, you know, there's some goalies that you always play against that you know they get inside your head or you get inside their head and you're like, "Oh yeah, I want I want to see this guy." The Devils, for some reason, when they play Carey Price, they seem to play well against him and the Canadians. Don't know what it is. They just do. There are some teams, and it, you go back to the history of this team, doesn't matter how good they are, how bad they are. The, certain teams they play, they do well against. Certain teams they play, they play bad against. I don't know it's, what it is.
0: It, it's like, you know, I don't think we even played Columbus yet. I mean, Columbus usually has our number, and usually no matter how many times we play them, we only win like one game versus them. Yeah. And they usually beat the. You could basically put a a good money line bet, and you know you probably end up betting against your own team, and you end up winning. So, mm-hmm. I'm not advising anyone to just put money down on just that, but who knows? I mean, it's a
1: wash. Yeah, it's a clear wash. Um, but you know, they got Ottawa a team. They've it's for some reason they struggle against the Sens. The Sens always play well against them for some reason. So. I mean, Wednesday night they're back. Hopefully Sammy's back in the lineup, but, you know, it's day-to-day, you know, with the travel back from Vancouver. You got practice, see how he feels. Um, they haven't announced that he's going to be on IR yet, so that's good.
0: Well, I mean, you know, Crosby is just one of those guys that raises everyone's awareness, like, two times higher than, some, like, some other players that you go up against. It's, I mean, not as high as Connor McDavis, but still – uh you look at you know Crosby to this day, he's still the best overall hockey player in the world. I mean not not anything against Conor McDavid, but he haven't won a Stanley Cup yet, buddy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, McDavid, his speed, his hands, his quickness. I mean, he's one of, he's one of the best players in the league right now. But I was he, still t- He got
0: what, four four goals last night or something? Yeah, something ridiculous. Uh, he had a
1: hat trick last night, I know that. I mean Look, he's a great hockey player, and I would take Sidney Crosby on my team any day. Um, And, you know, to me, he's still the best player in the world, the way he keeps transforming the game. Listen,
0: if I was all jazzed up on coffee on draft day, and you gave me, let's say, for, for the New Jersey Devils franchise to start over, and you said McDavid or Crosby, I'm going with Crosby still. I mean, the overall package of the player, you know, he can play two-way. He can outsmart you. He doesn't have to outblast you with his speed. But it's his intelligence. It's the art of war he has in his arsenal that makes him so deadly that people overshadow still.
1: Yeah, I mean, Crosby's one of the best players I've seen play. And, yeah, people get on him for, you know, his – whining yeah but you know what he every year he seemed to work on an issue that he thought he needed to work on whether it be face off stick handling shooting skating it doesn't matter and he's become a t- a complete player uh and that's why he's won Stanley Cups and he's you know won gold medals and done the trifecta and the it's the gold medal club. Yeah, he's won a world junior. He's won a world championship, Olympic gold, Stanley Cup. Guy's the first ballot Hall of Fame when he retires. And he saved the Penguins franchise. He literally did it. You could call him St. Saint,
0: Saint Crosby, but we we call him Crybaby still. And, and we still mock Sidney Crosby, no matter if he's playing or not at The Rock. But um, yeah. in, in all fairness, I mean – Nico Heischer's done really good this season, 55% in the face-off circle. Zajac, 52%. Rooney, 51%. And Kyle Palmieri actually got 50% face-offs, really. That's well, what man, happens when you get kicked out.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's – I mean, Rooney's been decent this year. I mean, he hasn't been great, but he's been good. I mean, you know, he seems to fill in that fourth-line position that – the Devils have been looking for. I like what he brought. Um, I would just wish they would play Jesper Boquist more because, you know, he had a couple of these, he had good games. He had three good games, and then, oh, well, he's going to be out of the lineup. We have to figure out what we're doing with him.
0: I think, come, um, you know, in the middle of the season, you know, Ray Shiro is probably going to end up telling John Hines, you know, it's time to play Boqvist more. And, He's probably going to send down Hayden and possibly Rooney. Be like, you know what? I think, you know, long term, you need to stop playing these, you know, these, you know, patching guys. No no offense to them, but you need to play with more skilled guys and guys that are determined to win versus, you know, a Hayden who likes to shoot a lot and win faceoffs, but you need to have someone more than just that.
1: I agree. They definitely need to get figure out what they're doing with their line combinations because they keep changing things when it was working. Not to not to beat a dead horse, but I mean, you had a line that was working in Winnipeg, won you a game, and then all of a sudden, midway through the Calgary game, uh oh, I don't like what I see. I got to start changing things. Why? Yeah. There was still a two-two hockey game. Like there was no. I mean it. They were generating some things, but they couldn't stay out of the penalty box.
0: You know, there were so many odd penalties in that game, and there were some penalties that, you know, we shouldn't have taken. Yet, you know, there's still all these factors that went in, and there was that one opening goal that should have counted for Nico, yet they called and blow the whistle right away, and they wiped it off. Yet, you know there was another play like that in Calgary that just went Calgary's way at the end. And that was just like F this.
1: Yeah. And then you go into Edmonton and I mean, Coskin and he played well against the devils again, uh, shut him out. But you know what? Edmonton went back to what was, you know, what was the winning formula? Cause that's what they did and that- in, New- in New Jersey. And then, the Vancouver game was weird because there were calls, then there were no calls, then there was a makeup call, then they had another power play at the end, couldn't connect on it, missed the net like three times again. Again, the second time Vancouver's played the Devils, they couldn't hit the net, or Blackwood just stone them straight out.
0: And there was that time where, you know, you had Jesper Brack out that redirect, and he tipped it in for that... Second goal. Simmons had that opening goal, which was the momentum starter. Usually, when you score first, you know that's when you have the momentum. Very likely, your odds of winning. But you know, if your defense isn't up to snuff, like most of the season, you know it is hard to win.
1: Yeah, I mean look, Simmons first goal was beautiful. I mean nothing but hard work in front of the net. Kyle Palmieri get you know makes things happen. He crashes into Markstrom goes over to Simmons, Simmons, boom, in the net, and then, boom, Severson shoots, Brad tips this to nothing real, like that. And the Devils, you know, they played well from there. But, again, Vancouver, they couldn't capitalize on their chances to score. And there was the no call on Severson on, who who clearly hooked Quinn Hughes. Oh, no, Elias Pettersson, I'm sorry. Elias
0: Pettersson probably got the assist from Quinn Hughes, if I recall correctly, from the
1: scoring line. Right, but Pedersen got hooked by Severson, no call. And then Pedersen hits Hall into the boards, but they call Hall for embellishing when you really should have just taken both guys there because there's clearly boarding. But Hall did embellish a little bit, but it was a makeup call for the no call on Severson. There's
0: always like the give and go calls, like in any sport. And any of our fans, you know, probably watch the Giants-Jets game on Sunday We can all relate to calls and missed calls. This is what happens in hockey, you know. One thing happens, another thing happens. A penalty is called, another penalty is called. And it's to even it out. And, you know, at the same time, they're trying to keep it kosher.
1: Yeah, but it's hard to even it out when it was a boarding penalty. Like, I could see it with a trip or a hook or this and that. And... But boarding, it was it was tough. It was like, yeah, well, he did hit him into the boards. Yeah, did he go down and well a little bit? Yeah. So why don't we take them both, or just call, or just let it go? So, but the devils hung on to win the game anyway. So
0: they come off three two. So they went they went on the road, one three, lost two. But you know what? They they gained some momentum. And you know what? Regardless of all this Taylor Hall BS. You know, the team, The team, if you minus Hall, they played as a team and they played as a unit. And although the defense has been shoddy for most of the season, at least they're learning to play better and iron things out under uh, Tom Fitzgerald's watch and trying to help John Hines, you know, get some confidence back in his coaching. But who knows if Hines makes the rest of the season or he gets – you know, let go at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, they've definitely built some confidence playing on the road, which is good because they, they didn't have a road victory. And the schedule gets most of November is on the road, and then they're back on the road again in December. So you got to learn to win those games on the road. And you got to learn to win tight games, and they're doing it. But the problem is they're also getting blown out in games and getting shut out in games still. So, So, what can we fix?
0: Well, it's the defense, and you got to be able to acquire another goaltender. I mean, offense doesn't worry me. Even when you do trade Taylor Hallway, you're going to get another great offensive player and another defensive player for him right away. So, you're going to get a King's Ransom. But Ottawa, to me, you know, is one of those teams, you should never play easy. You should play them as if it's the playoffs and you want to make sure that, you know, Bobby Ryan, if he does come back, you know, he doesn't take over, you know, playing in New Jersey like he has in the past when healthy and when, when he was able to get focused on his own game in years past, but you still want to make sure you don't allow the senators themselves having JG Pajot, who's, probably having one of the best comeback
1: seasons of any player right now, but you could disagree or agree. So on a team that's near the bottom of the standings and has played better as of late, JG Paggio has a plus minus of plus 16 when everybody else on the team is either single digit plus or mostly single digit minuses. That's a plus 16. That is like, how
0: do I trust that number? It's, It's like so skewed. I mean, he does get out there to score a lot, whether he creates it himself or he ends up being on the same time when someone else on his team scores.
1: So in 16 games, he has 12 points, eight goals, four assists.
0: So he has been on ice where it's gone down.
1: Yeah, so but I mean, like I said, they've been playing better as of late. So you really can't underestimate this team at six, nine, and one. Um, Devils they own, did
0: beat the Rangers.
1: They did exactly. They seem to always own the Rangers too. So I mean, another that's another weird thing. Devils five, seven, and four. You know, you know. So they they're moving up. I mean, look, they're in eighth right now, only a point behind. Columbus two points behind the Rangers. You know, Detroit, Ottawa near the bottom of the standings in, in the Eastern Conference. No surprise uh, there. But what's interesting to me is that it, it, it goes in streaks, right? If you get hot, you get towards the bottom, you get to the top of the standings. If you start losing games, then things get tricky. And then at You know, a metropolitan division, you know, a team like Carolina, where who got off to a hot start, has come back to earth. Pittsburgh is in the first wild card, and teams like Florida and Buffalo, people projected to be there. You know, they're fighting.
0: And Buffalo has got he's they got that chance where they can do very well by February and keep a lot of those defenders. But if they start to falter, maybe another playoff team goes after those defensemen to improve their defense or maybe Ray Shiro finds a seller and they become a buyer of those players that makes sense for a trade. You know, there's, I think there's Scandala, but you have Rasmus Ristelainen and several other players that are on that Buffalo team that look pretty good, you know, that you can't just hold on to every single one of them. But uh, the 16th of, November, you know they're going. Up, the Devils are going up to Montreal. Then you have two games uh, after that, and you have on the nineteenth you are home against Boston. And there's always Bruins fans around. Nothing against Boston fans, but it always feels like a a Bruin Ranger game type feel, with, mm. because it feels like that irritation sometimes, but not quite that same feel. But you know Bruins fans. Do talk their fair share of chirping, but yeah.
1: Then, but then you go to Pittsburgh. Yeah, so you play Pittsburgh twice in um, seven days. days. So I mean, there's two big games that for you right there in the in the division, and like you said, we are in Montreal, and then you got Detroit, Minnesota, Montreal again, and the Rangers. Be in the middle of that, you're at Montreal
0: at the Bell Center, and you know they had a. Big festival of scoring. It was. It was basically a goal scoring clinic on the weekend, especially with Shea Weber being his his true self. Yeah, that rocket uh,
1: baby. Woo. He had two goals in that game. And speaking of the team we played Wednesday, well, they're getting shelled tonight in Carolina six, six one.
0: Well, that, well, there is karma. So everyone starts to come down to Earth, and they start to get trimmed back, kind of like with their manscaping kits.
1: Exactly. I actually found a good segue for that one. It felt really good to just just say, you know, clean things up a little bit. <laughs> exactly. You got to clean things up with Manscaped. They help you out, all men's products. Uh, they help you out. You want to stay nice, stay nice and clean, get that body hair off, use Manscaping. They got the razors. They got the creams. They got everything there. Check them out.
0: Uh, any family members of someone who needs one, uh, please buy it for the holidays. I mean – Hanukkah Kwanzaa Christmas they're all coming this time of year stock up it is perfect it's just like getting your favorite new player by the NHL trade
1: deadline hey did you see this one yesterday not to get off topic but did you see the quotes from uh Jim Montgomery yesterday what did he have to say for the Dallas Stars okay so let me pull these up real quick um But yesterday, I found these interesting because I I, I thought I brought this up a couple times ago that, you know, how many times do these guys need a kick in the pants? So a reporter asked, head coach, stars, head coach Jim Montgomery, are you disappointed with the scoring of your top players? Jim Montgomery, very disappointed. Are you seeing signs of progress? No, are you? Montgomery goes on to say, (laughs) you need your number one center. Your number one left wing to step up and do more. They've got to decide if they want to be a difference maker. Look who scored for the Jets. Your number, you need your number one center and your number one left winger to step up and do more. So uh, they're talking about Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan again. It sounds like the
0: like I think it was Jim Nill who said last year that you know this this is like bleep 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 and you know they need to perform better and it's and it sounds like they, they got the message in the middle of the season they started to eventually pan out
1: yeah i mean it it gave them a wake up call but as i've said before how many times do guys like that need wake up calls and need to be motivated to I, play hockey If I recall correctly,
0: I remember Ray Shiro saying something with expletives and stuff in the middle of the season to perform better. it's play effing harder. Yes, that was the one. Thank you for reminding me. I have so much my brain box right now. It's just like there's so many bits of information that are stuck back there, yet you pulled up the right one in the box.
1: Yeah. I mean, I made a T shirt out of it. This is play effing and Harder. It does. You know what? If if
0: if you can play Effing harder, play Effing smarter.
1: Right. So last <laughs> year it was Dallas um stars uh CEO, uh, Jim Lights that ripped into Ben and Sagan calling them terrible uh for their you know, the way their play has been. They were very frustrated because the team was uh you know losing and in a position and they have all this talent they have put talent together they're, they're trying to win a contention and his quotes are we don't question their desire win but th- but they think it's easy and that's what bothers me there's just too much complacency in their game lack of attention to detail and that's what we need accountability attention to detail and hard work
0: you know what we, we need just that kind of stuff you
1: know whether it's Ray Shiro or
0: whether it's Tommy Fitzgerald you know they need to come out publicly and start saying it. I mean, you know, you go on Devil's Twitter, you go on just about any social media out there. I mean, Instagram. You know, people are saying, you know, fire Hines or get get a return for Hall. You know, etc. Don't let him walk, etc. You you want your best players to be held accountable at all costs, regardless of what you have.
1: Yeah. And your best player for their performance on the ice. And when they don't perform well, they need to be, it should be made known. And, you know, Dallas Stars, I've put together a team that should be in the playoffs. And it should be contending for the playoffs and should be playing better than they have. Now, they did turn it around and they've won some games and they've gotten points. And they
0: they lost to the Jets within 38 seconds in
1: Winnipeg they could have right.
0: done as a second point.
1: Yeah, and they didn't. But that's because Mark Shifley took over the game. Uh, and they won in overtime. It, and they were up 2-1. That
0: that just shows you like you you let go of the pedal on on the car right there. How are you supposed to go forward if you don't put your foot on the gas?
1: Exactly. So, you know, I agree You know, you see Stamkos come out and say it, uh, that they need to be better. You've heard the Washington Capitals, you know, Ovechkin talk about what Toronto needs to do, and Dowdy echoed the same thing. The Devils need to be called out a little bit for what their inconsistency in their play, not just by us, not just by other podcasters, but somebody in the team needs to say, look, We need to be accountable for the fact that we're not playing well and we're underperforming.
0: And, you know, it's you're right. It's not all about, you know, the people on the outside. It's the people on the inside that need to hold each other accountable. It's like think of, like, not just any other hockey player. It's every other person who goes to work every other day. You know, you you are there to put bread on the table, right? It's your job to perform better, to – Also, you know, adapt each day in and day
1: out. And if you don't take it seriously,
0: someone else is going to come for you.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they talk about a brotherhood. They talk about being accountable. They talk about wanting to, you know, a lot of, I mean, Subban and Schneider came out and said after the one game, look, we need to be better at this and that. But I want to hear from the leader of this team.
0: I want to hear from Andy Green himself.
1: Exactly. You
0: know you what? Know, uh, he he says things, you know, in a calm manner, but he's not known to be a very vocal guy. I no, mean, he's not. I mean, he's in his last year. I mean, there's so many things going on in, in his mind at this point in his career. I mean, I can't see him, you know, coming back for another season. I mean, he's good enough to play, you know, a full season if, if he can. But it, if he could play at least, you know, the, his body's maximum, you know, I think we're better off, you know, playing more games without him when he can't play. It's just, you know, it's hard to move forward when you don't have a captain that doesn't speak up. I mean, you know, Paul Mary does have a vocal voice in the locker room, but, you know, I mean, Taylor Hall, when he speaks, it's usually words that don't always make the best sense or the sense... At the right time, and it usually comes out incorrectly.
1: Yeah, and you know, just to bring it full circle again, you know, we put giving it to the fans with the ear and the talking to the fans about how it's a hard place to play. Well, you know what? When there's expectations on the team and they're not performing, and it wasn't about the power play, it was the fact that they just didn't play well. That's why you boo. And the fans had a right to do it. And we went over this whole thing before. I but was at it, the
0: game. when, yeah. not, not versus Philly, but I was at the game before the Philly one where they lost in, what was it, overtime or
1: shootout. It was one of the most recent ones. Oh, that was the Tampa Bay game.
0: Yeah. You know what? They should have played a lot better in that game, but I didn't boo in that part because that's not in my good heart and my good soul as a devil's fan and a podcaster i'm just there to observe what people had to do in that sense but when taylor hall made those comments and you told me and i got back home from the train uh that was pretty alarming for me i mean you know that was a big wake-up call and i had to tell people outside of new jersey what's going on
1: yeah Again, just another instance of a guy who doesn't seem like he wants to be here. But you, need, but you need vocal leaders, and you need guys to step up, and you need to be called out and be held accountable for what the team is doing, what the team is not doing. And, look, it was a successful road trip. They, in the eyes of many, I would say this was a good road trip. Uh, I like it. Three and two, that's not bad. Four wins is tough. It really is to go four and one on a road trip. That's really tough on a five-game road trip. So three and two, at least they salvaged it with a win because the two losses to Edmonton and Calgary were not six out
0: of ten like that. You know, points-wise, for me, for this team that's been struggling so mightily, that's a success, not a failure. I mean, not to discount it, but uh, back to the whole Hall thing. You know, Devils fans are a special breed of fans. They want to see you succeed. If you don't want to succeed and you don't perform and you go out there floating kind of like Dot and Cherry used to say, I know Cherry's gone, but you cannot be sitting in the passenger seat. You have to be the one driving the car and moving it straight on the highway and keep your head straight and look forward to oncoming objects. Because yeah. there's so many things on the road ahead to success. But if you're just going to be a passenger, Taylor Hall, then get out of here. I'll, I'll be happy to have someone else take you in an Uber.
1: Yeah, you look, you focus on what you need to do. Have a direction on where you need to go. But Don't be a passenger. Keep your head up at all times. And just be mindful of what's going on out there. You know, a guy, they have practice tomorrow before Ottawa comes to town. I wonder if – I'm wondering what the Senators do. I mean, they'll be in town. I wonder if they're going to practice again at the American Dream Hall like they did a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Oh, that's going to be interesting.
0: You know, to bring back an old hockey mind, you know, Herb Brooks once said, you know, he also coached the Devils. Good segue for this one. Uh, the name of the front is more important than the name on the back. And you know what? If you're that one individual that's going to keep up being a passenger, you know what? You might as well not be on the team. And you know what? We need this team to keep playing the way they are and playing better and smarter. And if you have the integrity to go out there and play with that NJ on the front of your, your sweater, that's who you're paid by the fans, the owners, taxpayers. I mean, we all support this team, and we need
1: you to perform. Exactly, you got to perform. You got to step up. You got to hold yourself accountable uh, for what you haven't done, what you did do, and that's it. I mean, just be just be the best player out there each and every night. You may win some, you may lose some. But as long as you give an effort, then people are happy. Devils fans want to see the
0: players on that red and black team to play with their hearts on their sleeves, like the same way Bruce Springsteen sings every song and how like Gaslight Anthem. I mean, you got to have a bouncing soul, man. You, You can't just go out there and be like, bring on your wrecking ball. Bring right. on your wrecking ball! We can't have that kind of player who's going to go out there and give his very minimal. You can't do that. You you can't put just an ounce of coffee in the coffee cup. You have to give the Devils fans a full mug of coffee to enjoy. Because if you do it half full or whatever less,
1: they're going to boo you. It's 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 given. Yeah, it is absolutely given. You need to perform to your best. Um, you need to. Bring it every night and if you don't you're gonna hear it and devil's fans are passionate and sure i mean
0: we're not montreal or you know any of those true hockey markets that people claim but you know what we are a hockey market and we are passionate fans you know each year i see more new faces i see more passionate fans at the games i listen to the games I hear how loud when people chant, ref, you, bleep, or everyone starts a different chant or all that stuff.
1: And that that chant gets me annoyed because that's just fans that don't understand the game and don't understand what penalties are getting, what what a penalty is and what a penalty isn't. And I'm not going to label everybody like that. I, I don't want to, but... It like when I'm, when I'm sitting there as an official, I'm like, yeah, that's not a penalty. I mean, it's 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 not. And they they're like, all oh, refs, you stink, all this stuff. I'm like, but go do the job for a game, try it at that pace, or go ref a kids game or a high school game. It's tough. I've been in that position. I know what it's like, and it's a fast game, and things are missed. But I tell you. Most of the time it's not because the referees let him play hockey. But also, like, you know, away from the
0: the negative side of things, you know, on the positive side, I've seen fans, you know, get into it. Every goal, every chant, you know, fans are out there to – they want to see the players perform, you know, whether you're Andy Green that's been there for a long time or you're Jack Hughes who's the – bloodline and the savior rookie that's come in he's absolutely performed to expectations uh but Jasper bofus is one of those guys that people really want to see succeed and he's starting to show signs of success and he's not a passenger he's a driver
1: he is a driver he's going to continue to be a driver and i've liked what i've seen from him and you know he's just going to keep doing it as as he develops and gets better, and
0: I mean, there's so much going on, you know, both pro and con this year. That you know, when this team develops without Taylor, with it, they find their groove with and without. A, you know, they will be so successful in the long run, we'll be winning more playoff games. We'll be winning regular seasons a lot better. And you know what? We'll be back to our glory days. I mean, you know, I listened to Ken Danico uh, on the main concourse uh, versus the lightning in one of the intermissions. You know, he talks to fans, you know, outside of that little uh, area there that he gets his free food. But he did say, you know, in his voice that he does he does feel that this young team's going through in a learning process.
1: Yeah, it, it is, and I mean they are. I mean it's still a very very young team um, that had some expectations on them because of all the pieces that were brought in, and but again, is it is it the pieces in the toolbox, or is it the guy getting the pieces out of the toolbox, not understanding that? Maybe he under he knows how to use... Maybe the, the guy doesn't understand how to get... You mean Coach Hines? All, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to dangle around by not saying his name. But I feel like Coach Hines can do more with less. And he doesn't know how to do more with more. It
0: reminds me of uh, Smash Mouth. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. You know... He's looking kind of dumb with a finger of a shape of an L on her forehead. And so that reminds me of that song in a way. And, you know, you, you if you have, you know, your, even, not even your highly most skilled players, they still can be very effective players in different facets of the game. I mean, you know, you don't have to be, you know, last year's Tampa Bay Lightning to, you know, destroy teams offensively and defensively, you need a really good goaltender and you need a really good defense that allows you to turn things around for offensive production. And if you can do that, you can easily win games a lot more when you're able to trust your defense and your goaltending to lock things down more.
1: Yeah, uh, and it all goes back to what we said at the beginning is that maybe the Devils can allocate that money to build the defense like they've had in the past with their winning teams and get a goaltender that can stop the puck. Not to say Blackwood can't do it, and I think he is the future of this team, but if you bring a veteran in there that has experience, that settles the game down a little bit, then the offense has the confidence and the defense has the confidence back there that maybe they could do a little bit more. And you know what?
0: I wish, I wish this team could pull off a trade like I could in, in Yahoo Fantasy where you could trade Leon Dreisidel for Andre Vasilevsky straight up. But I doubt something like that would ever happen in you know regular NHL trades. You know, It's one of those things that you wish you could do. But if I was right here and I pulled off a similar move like that with Hall for Vasilevsky, I, I would be very content with, with the goaltending.
1: I would too. I would really be content with that, but it, you know that's not going to happen. It's the NHL. There's a salary cap. I mean, there's a salary cap. There's not a salary cap in Yahoo. So, but there's a salary cap in the real world, and it restricts that kind of movement and those kind of deals.
0: And I mean, you know, in a perfect world, you could get it done, but you know, with with that being fantasy, it's fantasy. But exactly, you know, we have such a good time, you know, being able to understand what, you know, our team is able to do and not do. But I know we've been actually expanding our listeners recently.
1: Yeah, I noticed that
0: you you notice that we got one listener in Moscow recently.
1: Yeah, you showed me that you sent me the uh, you sent me that the uh, the screenshot. We got a listener in Moscow. It must it must be a fan of the Gusev. They have to you be. You know right? what?
0: We got so many different players for, drafted from Russia that, you know, the Devils are going back to their uh, their Red Army roots where, you know, you had Fla- uh, Slava
1: Fetisov, or should I say Vyacheslav, which would be more proper. But- yeah, Vyacheslav Fetisov came on at Vladimir Konstantin. Oh, no, um, Alexei Kasatonov, his buddy was here with him too. So, um, you know, Devils were progressive when it came to drafting Soviets and getting them here
0: and having. Well, if you ha- if you look at Binghamton, you know, Mikhail Maltsev is. I know people say Michael Maltsev more Americanized. I I regress from that. I say the Russian way because it's a lot more proper for me to do that, but Maltsev, you know, I think will one day come up and play bottom six role and he'll do a lot better than Kevin Rooney.
1: Yeah, I think so. He'll do a lot better than Kevin Rooney. Um, So, but, you know, the Devils have their talent. There's the talent pool is there. Um, It's going to be interesting what happens this week uh, with the team. Um, You know, who they get back, what comes back. And, you know, it's, you know, good road trip. Now build on it and see what
0: you can do. And there's so much we can do within, you know, the past few days. You know, I did my fair share of uh, John Sterling calls, one versus Carolina, one versus Winnipeg. You know, let me do this one for the listeners. The Devils win. The Devils win.
1: Win
0: glory three.
1: Oh, John Sterling, I like that when the Yankees win. I love it when I hear it, and I like when I hear the Devils win because, you know what they deserved. um, (laughs) They deserved to win yesterday. You you know who got me into that uh, was
0: Jake Wakely, one of our good listeners up in Ontario. He's also a good friend of mine on on Facebook Messenger. We've taught, we've met in person a couple times at the rock, you know, when he comes down from Canada, Uh, he's also a big Yankee fan as well. So um, he goes, can you do a John Sterling call uh, for the devils? I said, you know what, maybe I'll do it. I had, I had this going on for um, the Jack Hughes draft before Jack Hughes was drafted by the devils. And I was like,
1: Jack, Use Johnny Sterling. So, uh, so I just got passed a quick note in my email. Um, devils aren't practicing tomorrow. Oh, that's so
0: okay. That's breaking so, news.
1: So, I mean, we got. I guess we have to get some sound for when we have breaking news on on uh, our podcast. Oh um, my god!
0: If if I could figure that out, it, it, it would be like dun dun dun, dun, dun. Sorry, ESPN. Maybe you should sponsor
1: us. Um, but the Devils aren't practicing tomorrow, so overreact how you will um, or don't, I really don't, but there is no practice for the Devils tomorrow so that means they're going to have a morning skate against the Senators on Wednesday
0: and for everyone who's listening in, Spotify's around you have Radio Public we have Pocket Casts, we have Overcast we have Google Podcasts we have Castbox, we have breaker we have apple podcasts as well as anchor.fm we also have youtube just to let you know i put an audio file on through another transition place it's really successful that way it's also has subtitles in english so whether you're somewhere public or you have someone who's learning english listening to this wonderful podcast right now you can listen to what Jim and I are saying. It's a lot easier that way. I do that for all our listeners. I'm testing this podcast out on uh, on SoundCloud for the time being to see how things go. But um, just trying to test the waters.
1: Yeah. So we're everywhere, and I mean, we got the listeners and uh, people. You know, I've been. You know, I got some great fan. My, some of the guys of my followers, uh, Steve Palumbo, out of California. He always gives me a listen. Um, Guys up in Canada, I know, have been listening. Um, And they like the podcast. And, you know, just check us out. Spotify, iTunes, um, where you can get all your podcasts from. And, And, you know, just, just stay tuned for more great content.
0: And you know what? We're always trying to reach out to as many people as possible, you know. One of the most interesting countries I mentioned once before was Romania. I actually told Will Scouch that. And it, it's very interesting to see how hockey starting to spread and social media works for us all. And we have 4% viewership in Brazil in the Sao Paulo area. So really it's, you know, start, people are starting to learn about hockey in, in the international side. We have downloads in Australia, I can tell you that and uh, one up in Canada because there's Frankston, Greendale and Brighton East in uh, Australia that are tuning in.
1: Oh, wow. So we're, yeah, we're international.
0: We are international. We got Canada 1%. We actually, our growth in Ontario is, is at 75% right now. There's 33% in Elora, Toronto at 33 and to, and the good old Tim Horton area of Oakville, Ontario, thirty three percent
1: there. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I got I got buddies in that area, so they they've been checking it out. Ah, that explains. And we have England, and there's a listener I, in England, in London. I, I don't know. I don't know anybody in England, but that's good. That we, like I said, we're worldwide now, baby. I think I think it's the
0: help with Cam Jansen because. He played in the English Ice Hockey League and, you know, there's the Cardiff Devils, I think is in Wales, but it's still part of the UK. But, you know, there's always going to be someone, you know, getting influenced by, you know, different leagues and, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's great to see the game expand. It's not, you know, just North America and most of Europe. I mean, just seeing Russia on there, you know, to me that shows that someone's you know probably knows english right now and they're probably reaching out to other people like nikita gusev so maybe the goose the red army sniper can influence
1: that'd be that would be great uh you know a lot of influences around the world a lot of great hockey i'm glad everybody's listening we're doing our best each and every podcast we're looking to grow even more you know, with Manscaped coming on now, this is huge for this, us.
0: This is going to be great because this is a company that went on Shark Tank. And they didn't get an investor. And you know what? They missed out big, baby. And I I think this is going to be a great holiday exchange. Whether you have a $50 uh, gift to, to give. I mean, go on their website. I mean, the graphics are awesome. I mean, we're getting, you know little bit of samples coming our way uh we have a total of 382 total plays since we started this podcast i know that doesn't sound huge but for us in our first season you know we're, we're trying to grow our audience and with you know so many sponsors steadily coming you know through because media you know it is a great blessing to have
1: it really is it really is a great blessing And, uh, you know, I'm just blessed for everything that we've had, you know, our continued run here. And we're going to just keep bringing you the best Devils content we can each and every week.
0: And I tell you, you know, I was so surprised when we got Sam Simmons. I'm giving you a shout out, man, from MSG Networks for letting us do our little bit, even though we didn't get on. But we did give our best. You know, at least we got our name out there. And. I will tell you this though. I'm looking at the the graphics for devices people listening on our podcast. Forty six percent is done by iPhone.
1: So I mean, you know, iPhone is very popular. Uh, one of the you know that's what everybody uses. That's what I use. So it's
0: what I use. And twenty six percent on the web, and and eight percent on Android, and fifty percent other mm-hmm. along with. on Mac.
1: Yeah, um, that's, I mean, the 4%, I mean, you know, a lot of Apple products out there, so that's good to have. So, I would hope, you
0: know, people, if you're listening in, please, you know, spread the love of the the Jersey Joe Corner along with Jim. You know, we have our Big Heads Media shop, you know, it's on there at BigHeadsMedia.com. You know, you can find our Jersey Joe corner products on there. You know, we get paid when people buy our stuff. Uh, I actually sent a link to my father because, you know, he wants to support the show. So it's I actually bought um, a sweatshirt for a friend of mine. Her name is Joanne Dwyer, lives in Bradley Beach. Um, she has the uh, the, the evergreen uh, color for the Jersey Joe corner podcast that I got her.
1: That's really cool. So yeah, I've told my parents about it, uh, and they're gonna support it. So um, I know I got friends listening in. They they are proud of what we're doing. Uh, couldn't be more supportive, and they really enjoy what we're bringing and the content that we're bringing. So um, you know, it's this is what we got. Devils are back at it Wednesday. Uh, seven o'clock start from the Rock against the Ottawa Senators. Then they play Pittsburgh Friday. Then they up to Montreal,
0: and three to two on the road was awesome. And we got to go hip hop hooray, baby! And you got to hip hop hooray, hip hop hooray three times. You got to play, you know, howl that many times when the Devils scored in those wins. So you got to blast that that many times. Uh, sorry if I drive your family nuts to our listeners with those ideas, but hey, it's just spreading the love of, uh, New Jersey Devils cheer.
1: Yeah. Um, and of course, after every Devils win, it's a little inside joke, but my friends celebrate with seltzers and then you give a big, woo, yeah, that's how
0: I feel when, uh, the Devils win when I'm there. And I go and I go down the escalator and it just feels great people doing the yeah. work. But um I've been this is the first time in my fan my fanhood that, you know, when I go to the rock, we're oh 0-3. So we have not won a game in, in person for me there. We have not lost a regular regulation game. We've only you know, gotten three points when I was there in the extended game in Overtime and shootouts. So, yeah. Well, at, at least it's not regular loss.
1: No, at least they're not. At least they're not losing in regulation. At least they lost in overtime.
0: At least where I go, they actually got get a point.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> but it, it stinks to get
0: the loser point, though. It just it kind of kicks you in the you know where you know in the manscaping region.
1: Yeah, it really does. I think
0: this podcast is going to be called the the positive energy given by Manscaped. No, I'm only kidding.
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I was good. only played,
0: <laughs> but, um, all at all goodness. I mean, th- this, this episode is going to be pretty interesting for a, a, a title.
1: Yeah, it really will be. But, uh, yeah, so I think I mean, we're gonna have to wrap it up soon. <laughs> I think I think I I've pretty much said everything I need to say. I don't know about you, but I think I think we could call it a night. I think we
0: could call it a night. I mean, we got uh, so much content thrown in within ninety minutes. Uh Thank you to our listeners. Have a great evening and good night. Let's go Devils.
1: Let's go Devils. Good night and good luck.